0: Welcome to our next episode where I'll be talking to Matt Powerman-Elms, an underwriter within our pension risk transfer new business team on how schemes can prepare before approaching the market and what insurers look for when considering new de-risking transactions. Matt, can you start by talking through some of the initial steps trustees may want to consider if they are coming to market, say, in the next 12 to 18 months?
1: Yeah, so there's certainly a few things you can do initially that will will put a scheme in it in a really good position to to kind of do the rest of the preparation, but also then approach the market. First of all, looking at all of the stakeholders in the process so the trustees and the sponsors and seeing if they're all on board with with the de-risking process. Um, Are there any any objections? Is there a long term plan for winding up the scheme and and moving to buy out? What's the the end goal of the de-risking journey of the scheme? And I think this is really important because once everyone's on board, everyone's working together towards that, that transaction and they know that they want to approach the market, the next few stages of, of the preparation process will, will be a lot smoother. But it also means that once the scheme has approached the market, um, the transaction process should be a lot smoother as everyone is already working together towards that, that common objective. Trustees will, will also need to consider um, their advisors and who's going to be their, their main advisor or, or broker, as we sometimes see it called in terms of the transaction process. So this is this commonly could be the, the scheme's standard advisor and the scheme actuary would lead on that process. But we do see, especially for the larger transactions, um, different advisors, and these could be brokers and, and other consultancies that have transaction experience on similar deals to, to the nature of, of a particular transaction. So, and then going into some of the more more specific, some of the more tangibles in terms of preparing for a transaction, and there are a few which might be might be common ones. So the first of those I was going to bring up was, was the data. And so from an insurer perspective, when a scheme comes to the market, we really want to see clean and clear pricing data and including all of the relevant items that we will need for pricing. So that includes member postcodes and contingent pension amounts as well. We want to see a clear set of the members that are going to be included in the transaction and the pension that we are going to ensure, but removing any unnecessary items of data, um, making sure GDPR requirements are adhered to as well is really important. Is, is really useful in these early stages because a transaction process can be prolonged, sometimes quite considerably, by a series of exchanges between the insurer and the consultancy and the trustees and the administrators. And there are a lot of people involved in, in, in the preparation of this data. So a cleanse data set is really useful for putting a, a pension scheme in the right position when they come to the market.
0: Do you see a lot of transactions where there's trustees and corporate sponsors working, working together within a joint working group.
1: Yes, yeah, we do. That's that's very common and and becoming more popular and getting different stakeholders together. So it could be investment advisors as well in that legal advisors within that joint working group, both trustees and sponsors all coming together. And again, where everyone's on the same page, they know that a transaction is the the ultimate end goal. And of course, there are a lot of of hurdles along the way in terms of getting there, but everyone's working towards that common goal and and getting the best result for their members is is top of everyone's priority list. And that really does help the transaction process process from our side as well, because we know that everyone is, uh, is fully engaged and there is that transaction certainty.
0: While we're talking all, all things data, how long would you say a scheme should put aside in order to go through that data cleanse or even a data audit before thinking about coming to market? Is that a kind of question of how long it's a piece of string? <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to say, and it probably depends a lot on how clean the data has been kept for administrative purposes over the years. And I, I would hope and expect that administrators are doing a good job in keeping clean data, which would be appropriate for coming to the market. But it might be that administrative systems are slightly different in terms of how pension amounts are recorded and, and where bits of data are recorded. So demographic information, like postcodes, data births might be recorded somewhere separately lead to pension amounts, for example. It, it really does depend on, on the scheme itself and, and whether they are comfortable with the, the data they have. But the advisors are, are the ones who have been through this transaction process a number of times. So speaking to those guys and saying this is the, where the data is currently at, what do you think in terms of is this presentable to the, to the market would be, would be the best way to go about that as they'll have the experience and they'll be aware of um, any common issues that they might see and, and things that might need to be cleansed before before approaching the market
0: continuing on the trend of data GMP what <laughs> would you what would you advise around tackling GMP before doing a transaction what do we typically see um, other schemes that come to market approach GMP on, on that side and how does that differ as well maybe between binds and buyouts
1: yeah we've certainly seen a, a range of approaches over the last few years as, as gmp equalisation has kind of shot up list priority lists for for schemes especially when they're coming to market so again it's something that that doesn't always it doesn't always tend to be sorted out before schemes come to market but those schemes that have made decisions about gmp equalisation have had those internal conversations with their actuarial and legal advisors are the ones that are that are better placed so we do see schemes often coming to market and asking which um, we're able to administer it legal in general and we are able to administer certain um, GMP equalisation approaches so we are able to to look into scheme specific requests if they have a favoured approach and we're also willing to to engage with schemes as well and and discuss options for GMP equalisation with pension schemes but if they've discussed it before if they're aware of what they want to do that's um, yeah that's very important. And that point you made on, on buy-in versus buy-out is, is also key, as this can be an issue that sometimes you, you want to potentially kick kick the can down the road a little bit. And and there are plenty of schemes that haven't quite managed to, to sort out GMP equalisation considerations before they actually come to the market. However, we will need schemes to have completed GMP equalisation before moving to buy-out with us using the approach of their choice, which they will also need to make sure complies with the relevant law at the time. And... GMP equalisation isn't the only hot topic at the moment. There are a number of court cases outstanding which could affect the way benefits are are set out, especially for schemes that are are entered into PPF assessment. So that's really important as well to have those conversations internally.
0: So the scheme in question has sorted all its data out. It's up to date. It's clean. It's appointed a bulk annuity advisor to support them with the transaction. What else do the trustees need to consider before approaching the market?
1: Once the scheme sorted out its data, we need to make sure we also have a, a clean and clear benefit specification. So they, those are linked very closely and we want to make sure that it's very clear which benefits are being insured in the insurance contract. We do often see a lot of um, administration are based on a discretionary method. So there are a lot of discretionary benefits within pension schemes and it needs we need to be clear from an insurance perspective what we're actually going to insure. There also might be benefits that are difficult to administer and they could present problems for insurers to actually take on those liabilities so schemes need to have a look at the the actual benefit structure and make sure that they're they're comfortable with everything that's being passed over to the insurance company and again they want to make sure that in the future the, um, the insurance contract will allow them to wind up their pension scheme if that is the end goal upon move to buyout and Then the, the, the final one in terms of preparation before coming to market was um, around assets and investments as well. So um, depending on, on the investment advice obviously that the, the client that the trustee receives, um, they might need to de-risk their asset portfolio or they might, might want to move the assets into appropriate funds depending on how they want to pay. So trustees and, and schemes could have a preference for paying in specie via a transfer of assets or by liquidating all of their assets and paying via cash. And both of those have their their benefits. Um, So having a kind of consideration about what they want to do beforehand is really important. Thinking about whether they would like to enter into an asset lock or or a price tracking mechanism in order to allow them to have price certainty once they have approached the market and received a quotation is, uh, is really important and can be a real benefit to trustees as well.
0: And transferring assets in specie means their assets don't need to be sold instead. They can be transferred directly to the insurer. Annuity providers don't always invest in the same assets as pension schemes, mainly due to the regulatory regime that that governs them. How does a scheme know which assets they'll be able to transfer? Is this something trustees can work with their advisors on or an insurer as part of their preparation?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. There will certainly be some assets which we aren't able to accept in specie. And again, investment advisors for the scheme will, will be the best place to start off those those conversations. But we're always open as an insurer to discuss the assets that a scheme does have available. So if a, if a scheme is unsure about whether an asset will be suitable to transfer in specie, the best way to, to deal with this is actually to approach the insurer themselves and say, we have this this investment, we're not quite sure whether it'll be suitable as, as part of a transaction, and we can take a look at and see if that's appropriate. And we're on that point, that as an insurer like Legal in & General, with a huge back book of £80 billion, we, we don't just have to take assets that will back our specific transaction. We can take assets from a scheme and, and they might be able to be used to support our back book of liabilities. So we, we are able to try and be as flexible as, as possible to get the right solution for, for schemes there.
0: Thanks, Matt. Let's talk about the different ways a scheme can approach the market. And what I mean by that is the the difference between running a competitive process, which we see a lot, and working in partnership with an insurer on a sole basis. Could you maybe just spend a couple of minutes describing the different approaches and touch upon the pros and cons, if possible?
1: yeah absolutely so starting off i suppose with, with approaching the the wider market and approaching a number of, of insurers and the process we would usually see there is, is kind of run by the run by the schemes advisor and they would prepare an rfq request for quotation and they would provide that along with the data and the benefit specification any necessary kind of particular requests I suppose for, for that scheme they would provide that to the market and then insurers would take a look at, at the information they've been given and they would make a decision on whether or not they're able to quote on that transaction and at the moment market capacity is is very limited and so um, insurers just don't have the capacity to to provide a quotation for every transaction that comes to market no matter how much we would, we would like to and so it's really important this all that we're talking about there, in terms of preparation it's really important to, to be well-prepared in order to try and get that insurer engagement with the process. So then once the insurers had had taken a look at uh, the um, request for quotation and decided whether they want to provide a quotation for those liabilities and for that bulk annuity policy, they would then work on the pricing and there would be a period of engagement between the advisors usually and the insurer and that would often result in a lot of a lot of questions back and forwards about the data and and benefit specification if anything was unclear. And then they would provide their quotations to the pension scheme um, and these would consist of a premium quotation but also any surrounding elements of the quotations there might be requests for contractual terms involved in that there might be exclusive terms such as an all risks policy just for example and price locks asset locks etc so the quotation proposal will be delivered to the pension scheme and then they'll take a look at all of the uh, all of the proposals they've received from the insurers and then make a decision about whether they want to proceed exclusivity with one insurer and that would, re, exclusivity period, would um, would mean the insurer working solely with the, the pension scheme in order to, to actually get to a transaction at that point. We'd um, hope to have quite high level of transaction certainty and we would begin negotiating on contractual terms and, and final benefit specifications etc with a view to signing the transaction. So that's a very brief overview of what a competitive tender looks like, and I suppose the key benefit of this for the trustees is that they will have that choice Um, there will be different elements of quotations that are more important to certain trustees compared to others. Some will have a really easy decision if it's just a purely price driven process. However, trustees may also be concerned with items like brand, financial strength, contractual terms that are offered by an insurer. And so having a range of quotations will allow them to choose the insurer that's the best fit for their transaction. However, the negatives of this are that insurers do have resource constraints at the moment and may be less willing to quote in competitive processes when capacity is tight and they aren't able to meet those deadlines. So there may be some insurers that aren't able to quote on all types of business as well for whatever reason. And so there's a chance that the scheme comes to market and is left in a position where they only have quotations from a limited range of insurers and may not include the insurers that they wanted. If timescales have also been pushed, then they may be in a position where they have quite limited time to complete contractual negotiations as well. So moving on to the process where a scheme approaches just one insurer and works on an exclusive basis from the outset. So the process does actually have broadly similar steps to those that I covered for a competitive tender, with the difference being that there would just be one insurer involved. So an advisor provides an RFQ and data to the insurer who then works on a premium quotation before delivering this to the trustees and allowing the trustees to make a decision on whether or not to proceed. And the real benefit of working with an insurer on on an exclusive basis is insurer engagement. As the market is very busy at the moment, giving certainty to an insurer that you're keen to transact, all stakeholders are on board and that you want to transact with that insurer is really important and can really help with getting engagement from the marketplace. And this is especially important for smaller schemes or schemes that do have a favoured provider if they want to ensure that they do receive quotations from certain insurers. another benefit is that insurance can also be more prepared as they have more execution certainty and they know who they would be working with on that transaction from the outset so they can engage early with the trustee and work closely with them on transaction planning and timescales. and this is really effective in ensuring that the transaction process runs smoothly later in the process and there may also be scope to engage on certain items like contractual
0: terms earlier in the process and by working with an experienced advisor to support you be able to market check the insurer's price within a a sole insurer process earlier in your answer you mentioned the insurer triage process which is when an insurer will be informed about a, a new transaction coming to market we'll then review the key details and decide if we're going to provide a quote or not given the sheer busyness of the market insurers aren't able to quote on every single deal that we're brought Can you talk through what details we review and and how they impact our decision when a new deal does come our way?
1: Yeah, transaction certainty will be a, a very important one. If it's clear to an insurer that the pension scheme has a, has a defined plan, they know what they want in terms of bulk annuity policy, they're clear on their de-risking plan with a view to buy out in the future perhaps, um, that's, that's, a, that's a real benefit and puts schemes in a very favourable position because we know that there is a high chance that this, this transaction will go ahead within the set period of time, however long that may be. We'll also look at the data and the benefit specification kind of in union and, and decide on, on whether those are appropriate for, for us to ensure and whether they'll allow us to, to quote on those. And so if we do have a clean, clear, pricing data if we do have a very clear benefit specification and it's very obvious to an insurer which benefits they're going to be insuring, and it's um, and it's likely that we'll be able to price those benefits without much manipulation from our side without many queries going back and forth to the advisors and that puts schemes in a really favourable position as well so it's really important for us and especially for, for smaller schemes, schemes that, are, that have liabilities which are at the smaller end of the, of the marketplace, this is really important because there are numbers and numbers of those schemes coming to, to coming to the market at the moment and so if you are well prepared you can stand yourselves in very good stead and look a lot more favourable in terms of um, insurer's
0: perspective. And on smaller schemes, is there anything else they can consider that will put them in good stead above other schemes when the market is busy?
1: capacity is very limited at the moment and insurer's resource is is stretched very tightly And so the way we operate internally, at legal in general, is we like to see the data, we like to see the benefit specification and the RFQ, and then we will try and allocate these smaller transactions to um, quotation and pricing slots when resource allows for it. So there will be periods in the year where our resourcing is very, very tight and very limited, and there will be periods in the year where we might have slightly more resource and we might have slightly more capacity for quoting on smaller schemes. And so... If a scheme comes to us and they are flexible with their dates, they are able to potentially um, wait an extra month for a quotation, for example, and they aren't very strict on deadlines. Then that puts them again in a really favourable position, as we'll be more inclined to quote on those sorts of transactions.
0: Now, if we just touch upon umbrella contracts for a moment, because there's a a lot of preparation involved to get the initial contract in place. But this then allows trustees to enter into future de-risking transactions quickly and and take advantage of favourable market movements when they present themselves. Can you just talk around how that process differs from a a vanilla buy-in? The purpose of an umbrella contract is essentially to define a set
1: of pre-agreed terms between a pension scheme and an insurer. Uh, The real benefit of this is that in the future, if the scheme does want to transact again, they don't need to go through the repeated stages such as negotiation of terms, requesting RCTs, etc. They have a set of predefined pre-agreed terms in place. And all that needs to be inserted are the specifics of the transaction or any other adjustments which might be required to reflect the commercial deal and updates to the framework which may be required, i.e. if there have been any any changes in law at that point. Now for the the first first transaction within an umbrella contract, there are obviously a few additional stages on top of a vanilla transaction as aside from just setting up the contract for the, the bulk annuity that's in question, a contract needs to be set up for all future bulk annuities and we call this a transaction schedule. And so this can be this can be quite straightforward if, if the scheme's requirements are quite straightforward. Can be slightly more complicated. But what we would do for an umbrella contract is we would work with the scheme's legal advisors, their, their actuarial advisors and our own legal team to set out terms that are suitable for for the transaction in, in terms of suitable in terms of future transactions. So the scheme will have agreed an umbrella contract and that this hopefully means that in the future when that scheme does want to transact it might be a small tranche of liabilities it might be a very large tranche of liabilities that they want to transact with but they can come to legal in general and say we would like to transact with you here's the data hopefully the data and the benefits are in a very similar format to to those that we've already seen because we've we've written business with that pension scheme before so we're able to price that data very quickly we're familiar with it it should have been for a process of being cleansed already so the bulk of legal documentation is in place and can be leveraged to execute the transaction very quickly. So we have seen recently market conditions have been quite volatile. So may find that, that everything is suitable for a transaction apart from the pricing isn't quite there for a scheme at a certain point in time. However, if they have, an umbrella contract, if they are prepared, when market conditions move, when pricing does become favourable, that scheme can move really quickly and execute a transaction with legal in general and get the best price for that scheme and the the best result for the the members.
0: We're certainly seeing an increase in interest for these types of contracts, especially as more and more schemes are taking a phased approach to de-risking. If you'd like to find out more about these, please feel free to to get in touch with either matt or myself or if you've appointed an advisor they'd be able to talk you through the steps involved with setting one of these up before we end today is there any parting advice that you can offer matt uh, for trustees that are thinking of bringing their schemes to market in the next 12 months or so
1: yeah i would say start start as early as possible is, is, is the the biggest advice I would say and that's engaging with advisors, but also engaging with the insurers as well to just make sure that you have your plan in place, you know what you want to do, and you can start getting the ball rolling on all of these items of preparation that we've discussed today. So the data, benefits, bag, assets, et cetera. The earlier that you start thinking about this and having the conversations, the more prepared you're likely to be when it comes to a transaction. Um, Preparation really is key. I know it's a, a bit of a catchphrase, but it is really key and it's really important to be as prepared as possible as early as possible.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Matt. That's been super useful and I think it's offered a lot of insight into what we look for when um, schemes come to market in terms of the steps that they've taken ahead of of doing so and what will put them in in good stead to get the insurer engagement um, that they're looking for. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Paige.